Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast, powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now, onto this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening as always. Today, we are joined by the co-founders of Allow, Matt McGee and Peter Sweeney. At King's Crowd, we always have our eye out for the latest marketplaces, providing access to new deal flow for you. And Allow is the latest marketplace to enter the online private market ecosystem with a unique twist. But I'll allow them to tell you about what they're up to. So let's kick it off. Matt, Peter, nice to have you on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be on. We're psyched. King's Crowd is where you've got to be in the in the equity crowdfunding space. So we're we're excited. Absolutely. To join. <laughs> so we'd love if you guys could just kick it off for us here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves, and um, and then tell us a little bit about what Allow actually is. Yeah, great. So as you mentioned, my name is Matt McGay. Um, I co-founded Allow with Peter. Um, we had, you know, the initial idea about a year ago, we were both working at Goldman Sachs. I was working in their M&A group and he was working at Free Capital Markets. Um, and, you know, we saw some trends that Peter will tell you about that we're, we were super excited about. Um, and, you know, we decided to quit our jobs and go full force into it about seven months ago. Yeah, and I'm, I'm Peter. I grew up outside New York City. Uh, I met Matt at Penn. Then I also went to Goldman. I was doing tech investment banking in New York. And it was there that we started noticing a lot of companies we were taking public had mega celebrities on their cap table from earlier fundraising rounds. Jay-Z is a huge investor. Serena Williams was on the board of Bumble. And it's obvious what this does for a company in terms of marketing and brand recognition. But it felt like at the same time, today's celebrity recognizes they have a following and a platform to leverage today. They may not have that tomorrow. And investing privately is a great way to hopefully diversify away from just the traditional endorsement deal model. The other thing we noticed was a lot of founders we were helping go public were really focused on including their customers and users at the time of the IPO through what's called a directed share program. So I worked on Robinhood, which was 30% to users, Airbnb, 10% to host, SoHouse, 5% to members. The prospect of tying customers to the brand in this way was really enticing to founders because investing leads to this community and word of mouth marketing that you don't get through traditional consumption. And so Matt and I put our heads together. We were trying to figure out how to do something around the celebrity investing space, but also including the community in an earlier stage in the company's life cycle. We found it was possible through registering with FINRA as a funding portal. So we started what would become Allow, which is now a private investing marketplace that connects young, high growth consumer companies with a relevant celebrity or influencer so they can invest. And then we let their following and the company's existing supporters invest to hopefully create that same community we were seeing with directed share programs, but earlier in the company's life cycle when the customers can partake in the, the growth that happens in the private markets and the company can take advantage of that word of mouth marketing in an earlier stage of their life cycle when hopefully it can be more impactful to top line growth. Um, so that's you know long-winded overview, but, uh, but we're excited to get into specifics too. No, that's great. So essentially what it comes down to is you are creating kind of a influencer based 
Reg CF platform where you're going to be able to invest alongside famous folks, famous influencers who are already investing in deals and get in on the same deals that they're getting into. Is that a good way to put it? Exactly. And the other thing we noticed was with Instagram and TikTok, there's a whole new brand of celebrity who doesn't have millions of dollars to put an investing team together themselves, but they've got a couple thousand dollars and their marketing engine can be really impactful to young companies. So we're like, we'll do the headache. We'll help source deals. We'll handle the legal paperwork. You can invest with your iPhone with a couple clicks of a button using a credit card if you'd like. Very cool. Now, in terms of the sourcing a deal flow, you know, sometimes um, I feel like people think, you know, the, the stars, they want their exclusive deal flow and they don't want others to be able to be a part of it. How do you get past that? How do you go and find those deals and those folks who are open to saying, you know what? Yeah, we should open this to the community. Yeah, we, we go about it a couple of ways. We, we source deals a lot like a, a WeFunder or a Republic. Um, we do a similar vetting process. On the celebrity side, we found that, well, that's true for some of them. Others really have been looking for a way to include their community in these sort of opportunities. Uh, we want to be very clear that these celebrities are not, you know, promoting the investment per se, but they're disclosing their relationship with the company and giving their followers the opportunity to participate alongside them, should they so please. And we found that a lot of celebrities are really excited for that because they're looking to sort of break down the barriers of access to, to opportunities that traditionally have only been, a, been you know, uh, open to them, but now they can engage their community around them too. Yeah, and I mean, I think on the company side, the value proposition is, is pretty clear. Customer acquisition cost is rising, especially for these direct-to-consumer um, CPG and other, other companies. Um, being able to tie in, you know, this organic marketing engine on your cap table with with the influencer, and also with your community, basically having a bunch of micro influencers running around talking about you at the dinner table um, is pretty impactful, and um, hopefully can lower marketing spend and you know increase margins on the bottom line. So, um, in terms of. Uh... You know, the type of user that you think you'll end up bringing to the platform, I'd be curious, you know, it almost sounds like you're going to end up hitting this younger demographic, uh, these folks who are into TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. So how do you see that kind of playing out? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you hit it right on the nail on the head. We're going over after what we call the social media generation, which is essentially Gen Z and millennials kind of combined into this one group. Um, I think, you know, what you've seen in the crypto markets and the investing markets, um, there's a, a want and almost need to invest in, you know, in a diversified asset pool. And we think, you know, being able to invest in these early stage VC um, opportunities that are usually, you know, only for high net worth individuals and accredited investors is a pretty powerful value prop to them. Um, and I mean, I think if you look at the stats, one third of uh, the, that social media generation was investing before they were 21. Um, you know, they're diversified um, and, you know, they're willing to put their money to work. You know, I, I think now we kind of understand what the investor side looks like, um, but it's kind of funny. I, I don't think people necessarily fully realize uh, how much, you know, professional athletes and even, uh, you know, professional movie stars have become, um, serious like institutional type investors they all have their own family offices they set it up in a pretty significant way i know like kevin durant will smith those guys serena williams um talk about that a little bit what types of individuals are you seeing really get into this stuff um and what do you think is kind of leading that that charge 
all sort of big A-list names have started branching into this sort of investing world. Um, I think you saw some early assess, success with people like Ashton Kutcher, who sort of paved the way for this A-list angel, if you will. Um, and so at, at the cream of the crop, we're seeing a lot of excitement and interest around investing. We are hoping to capture sort of the mid to end long tail, where we're looking for people who who don't have the money to set up their own shops and to hire people to help them source deals, but have a significant following and some extra cash that they can put towards private investing. And we want to, you know, sort of democratize access, not just for the everyday investor, but also for the sort of a B list below um, celebrity. Some celebrities that we talked to are really excited by that because they've seen the sort of A-list Jay-Z set up their own fund. They've been looking for ways to get involved with private equity, but it's a really complicated process if you're not doing it through a funding portal like we fund our republic. So we want to, you know, help simplify that process for everybody involved. And I mean, I think similar to how you want to be diversified when you're investing, you want to be diversified in, you know, kind of your revenue streams that come in over time. And like a lot of these influencers and celebrities, they can do paper post deals all day with these brands, um, but they don't really benefit from the growth that they help to create for these companies. So, you know, being able to participate directly in that growth, growth while it might you know, delay the cash influx that you get. Hopefully it's a much larger um, sum of money that you get at, you know, the end of the day, um, being able to be participating in that growth. It's, it's a great point because we've, um, you know, it, it's kind of like with Shark Tank, right? You go on that show and then the next day you have 30,000 orders in your inbox. Yes. Um, and I definitely think when some of these stars come out and say that they're involved with this project or that project, they tend to do very, very well. So it's almost like a, you know, a double win for them. They get to both uh, see their investment grow because they're creating value and also probably get paid by the company uh, for helping them actually sell their real product. Um, so that, that that's pretty cool. And it certainly goes to this ideology of, of creating something that, you know, retail investors will understand, engage with, uh, be into. So when, when will this be ready? When will be, people be able to start getting involved? Yeah, so we're launching our first raises on uh, July 12th. Um, we'll launch two companies in sort of the immediate near term. One might be on July 12th, one might be a couple of weeks later. Uh, and then we'll move to an evergreen structure where we're hopefully onboarding companies every couple of weeks, um, focused mostly on that high growth, high growth consumer space. Got it. Um, and in terms of, you mentioned an app, is that going to be available on Apple and Android? Is that just Apple? Yes. So we're, we're going hundred percent mobile first at the start. Like you said earlier, we're trying to target that, that sort of younger demographic that we think have been left out from, from other reg CF platforms. Um, so we figured we'll go hundred percent mobile first. We'll involve influencers to hopefully get new eyes on this opportunity because a lot of people we talked to didn't even know regulation crowdfunding was a thing. They think that private investing is still reserved for just accredited investors. And so a lot of it will be around education. And another thing that we're focused on is having each company have some sort of social good angle because we think as the private markets get more consumerized, uh, there are different reasons for different people to be investing. And we think the younger generation is really focused on sort of impact, whether that's conscious consumption or shopping local and impact investing is just, you know, 
the obvious next step for for that group of people. So we want each of our company to to have some sort of social good, whether it's minority led, female led, or an ESG component to the actual company itself. Got it. And in terms of uh, average check size that you'll be shooting for, I imagine you'd have the minimums be relatively low, just kind of knowing what your demographic looks like. Yeah, minimum is $100. Um, I mean, I think the average check size that we'll be shooting for is somewhere in that $250 to $500 range. Um, we think, you know, given the profile of the investor that's coming in, well, given that we are going for, you know, the younger investor, it will probably be smaller than you may see on some other, you know, crowdfunding platforms. Um, but, you know, I think we're expecting it to be in that 250 Cool. Uh, in terms of stage of company, pre-seed, seed, series A, everything? Yeah, we're, we're pretty agnostic when it comes to the stage of the company. We think, you know, any company that has a consumer at the end of their funnel fits, you know, the value prop that we're providing for them. Um, I mean, I would say, obviously, the earlier you are, the more you can benefit from having these ingrained marketing engines. Um, but generally, you know, pretty agnostic. We can do part or all of around um, and obviously under the $5 million cap, but that's kind of how we think about it. Got it. Um, and are you focused on any sort of uh, certain security type, be it a safe or convertible note or common shares? Yeah, we're, we're prepared to offer anything. We'll take the company's guidance because they obviously know what's best for, for their company. Um, but we anticipate uh, safes, safes and crowd safes to be the most frequently used security. Got it. Well, it sounds like a really exciting opportunity. I, I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, you said you kind of came up with this idea, started batting around about a year ago. Um, so what have been some of the, the challenges of actually getting this to market? Uh, um, plenty. I, it feels like there's a new one every day. Uh, but <laughs> initially, it was just really running down sort of the art of the possible and the legal sense of it. Um, the the process of being approved as a funding portal by the SEC and FINRA is a tedious one. And for anyone who's worked with FINRA or visited the DMV, they have a, they have an idea for how, how quickly that process goes. So uh, I would say that has been an expected challenge. Uh, but besides, besides the legal stuff, we've been really happy with the reception from both companies and influencers and now are just really working to build out our pool of everyday investors to make sure right when we launch we sort of hit the ground running and have the necessary demand to eat up whatever supply we bring to market yeah and i mean i think obviously well not obviously but neither of us are coders and we built an app so you know getting the app done was definitely a learning experience um, and bringing on a team to do that and bring in on in-house developers um, was definitely a learning experience for us. And um, I think, you know, you learn a lot about, you know, what actually goes into software when you haven't been around it. Been around it. Um, so that, that was probably one of the bigger ones as well. Nice. And you, uh, I, I, you know, you're a startup yourself. So have you, have you raised money? Was it just friends and family round? What have you done so far? Yeah, we did a small kind of angel round um, earlier this year. I think, you know, the way we thought about it was we wanted to basically bridge us through the first couple of raises that we want to do, establish proof of concept for what we're doing, and then, you know, hopefully raise a larger round on the back of that where we can really build out kind of the plan that we have for the platform, whether, you know, it's introducing Shopify, whether it's introducing, you know, an education portal where people, people can actually learn and, you know, increase their financial literacy, especially since we're going for this younger age 
of investors who who might need to you know learn what a stock is what a safe is um so we think you know that's a pretty important way to you know build in growth into the app um and hopefully you know get a, a newer set of investors to come on makes a lot of sense um and then I, I, you know, one of the things that I've, I've been kind of watching over the past several years is uh, is a response from kind of the traditional venture community. Have you started approaching them about your business? I'm curious to hear some of the feedback. You know, sometimes there is pushback, uh, basically of this idea of kind of being, you know, uh, misplaced or whatever it may be, which I think is the wrong way to think about it. But what has the feedback been that you've received? Yeah, I think um, I think over. Over the past year or two years, you've seen sort of a, a reevaluation and then acceptance of this community round equity crowdfunding, whatever you whatever you'd like to call it, where Mercury Bank with that $100 million, $120 million round led by Co2 that they did a portion of it on WeFunder to involve their customers and partners. Um, I think Revolut did a WeFunder round in adjacent to a larger venture round as well. And we think that's going to become more and more popular. Bessemer put out a great article called The Consumerization of the Private Markets, where they're predicting that with Web3 and new tools from crypto, but also the rise of equity crowdfunding, that this sort of fundraising will become more and more popular over the next couple of years. And so we found that the VC community is probably more open to it today than they were two years ago. And we're excited to watch that continue to grow. We're also working with a couple different early stage, whether it's VCs or accelerators to almost share deal flow because we think we are really supplemental and additive to traditional venture funding rather than a replacement for. And so we've just really been front-footed on educating the broader investing market that we're, we're hoping to be just another tool in the founder's toolbox to build community around their brand. And, and we think we bring, we bring attributes to the table that VCs don't and VCs bring, bring stuff to the table that we, we can. Yeah. And I mean, I think on also from, you know, the VC side, they're obviously looking at the market opportunity and with the, you know, capital that this social media generation is going to bring over the next couple of years, whether it's from, you know, inheritances or just them, you know, making their money and investing in it. Um, I think, you know, they see that it's there, especially with, you know, the March 21 regulation change where, you know, they basically 5X the market for MCF, which was, you know, probably a catalyst for us jumping into this scene, seeing that. Um, and the creator economy is also, you know, a focus for a lot of these VCs and, you know, trying to build on the back of that. And so hopefully our angle um, is, is appealing to them as well. You mentioned, you know, Web3 and, um, and kind of crypto stuff. Is there any thought to tokenize any of your securities or are you kind of sticking with more traditional securities for now? Matt can go first because he's, he's the non-crypto fan. <laughs> I'm not the non-crypto fan, but I, I definitely think, you know, as we're getting started, we're going to stick, you know, kind of in the normal equity instruments that you're seeing, not going into tokenization just yet. I think it's something that does offer, you know, valuable, you know, pluses down, down the line. And I think it's a very cool concept that you can, you know, kind of integrate into these races um, for both the company and for the investor, you know, for ways that you can, um, you know, add incentive programs to, you know, you get a token and then you have 15% off at the brand or something like that. 
Um, so it's definitely something that's top of mind for us. But as we're getting started, I think it's you know baby steps and sticking to what we know. Um, and that's that being equity instruments. That being said, Web3, that all of the theses and themes that you hear coming out of Web3 really align with what we're trying to do. We just think the regulatory landscape right now is, is a lot more clear on the equity side than the crypto side. So we figured, you know, start where the where the ground is concrete and not quicksand, and then we can we can take our head up in a couple of months and see what progress has been made on that side of things. I, I think that's smart. Uh, last thing here before we kind of wrap up for you know folks that are interested, want to sign up, make sure they're ready to go on day one when your your first uh, campaigns launch. Where should they go? What should they do? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram at allow invest, allow underscore invest. That's A L A O underscore I N B E S T. Also on our <laughs> website, you can join our waitlist where we send through um, newsletters that you know have up dates on our business and when we're launching and then it will be available on the app store um around that july 11th july 12th timeline um to come on and hopefully you know put your money to work and get into some really cool companies with some really cool influencers great well thank you both so much for your time today thanks for building what you're building i think it's really really cool um definitely a unique opportunity for folks to get involved in more uh, consumer-based startups and, and hopefully invest alongside some pretty cool people along the way as well. Um, so thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Take care now. Thanks for having us on, Chris. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at King's Crowd, check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.